0: Welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. On several occasions, I have mentioned a podcast guest host platform I belong to. If either entity finds a suitable match, they do the research and send out an invite. And that's how I met today's guest. Given the fact that the platform is global, I find it rather fun to find out a person you're about to meet lives only kilometers from you. Today's guest lives about 75 kilometers from me, not far at all in the scheme of things. Kathy has practiced yoga for many years. Back in the 80s, when I was leading high-intensity aerobics classes and loving it, Kathy was not so enamored, preferring cycling, swimming, and yoga. And I will emphasize here there is no competition between modalities. It's usually about personality and results and, and other things. I'm going to let her tell her own story, but like so many of us, once Kathy was in her 50s, a few aches and pains moved in, and her traditional yoga wasn't working in the same way. And we're going to find out more. Kathy White, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Agnes, for having me on. It's a delight, and as you say, just super to be... Local, almost neighbors in the grand scheme of things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and just a short drive to have coffee together one day.
1: Exactly. Let's do that. Let's do that.
0: Kathy, I skimmed over the beginning of your yoga journey, but can you tell us how you found yoga and how it suited you so much better than my aerobics classes? (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, how I found yoga. Well, actually, it was in the 80s. I was tree planting. I was actually here in British Columbia. I was um, tree planting out East in Ontario, I had an accident and I couldn't continue on with the tree planting. So I came out here and I had a friend and then I ended up in Victoria, actually. And this friend I was staying with said, why don't you come to this yoga class? And I thought, well, give it a try. You know, my shoulders sore still from this injury that I'd got. Um, I'll give it a try. And I went and I was like, what was that? That was amazing that I want more of that. And so my lifelong love, I was in my 20s at the time. That was my lifelong love. And, and, you know, as you say, in the 80s, aerobics was the big thing. You know, we all wore those leg warmers and went to these fast, bouncy classes and I tried that because all my friends were going and I just felt hot sweaty and a great big lump I just didn't and it's funny because I love to dance but aerobics just didn't do it for me and I think um, I've always been interested in meditation And I ended up living for 23 years. I lived in a spiritual community in the northeast of Scotland called Findhorn, where I met my husband, where we raised our two kids before moving to Canada. And so to find a physical activity that actually combined a spiritual practice was just completely right up my alley. That just fit my interests and my personality perfectly so that was what yoga did for me
0: that sounds like we may have followed parallel paths insofar as you got involved you loved it and then you became an instructor is that correct
1: that's right in 2000 i i went to what i called yoga boot camp it was a an ashram in um it was in the bahamas it was actually quite funny agnes because we were in this very, you know, spiritual, very Indian styled. I mean, even though it was in the Bahamas, they styled it very much on the Indian. we were getting up at 4 a.m. to start puja at 5 a.m., doing the chants, doing the, we had yoga philosophy, we were reading the Bhagavad Gita, you know, everything was very, very Indian. But it was in the Bahamas, and next door to the, where the ashram was, was Club Med,
0: and so they, they're very similar. <laughs> we
1: there we are doing our chance and finishing up at eight o'clock, because we were all, you know, up at four, at eight o'clock in the evening, right? Time for bed, and we'd go to our little cabins and try and sleep, and there's the there's living la Viva Loca blasting out the Club Med <laughs> <laughs> disco scene right next door. It was this juxtaposition of East and West. It was absolutely hilarious. but And we all, you know, those of us who were kind of that way inclined kind of found ourselves, oh, visiting Club Med and going and having a drink in their bar, even though we were not meant to be drinking alcohol or whatever, um, just for a little break from this relentless, you know, month long. But it was incredible. It was a, a really, really deep dive into... The yoga philosophy, the yoga thing and the uh, the Hatha yoga practice, which was then the foundation of my of my work.
0: I can't I'm going to go sideways for just a second here and say this is one of the times I really wish that we were filming video as you were living your Vita (laughs) (laughs) loca. Yeah, exactly. That was a good video moment. Ah, dear. Okay, so I've, I've forgotten already. Were you already living then on Vancouver Island?
1: No, no, to- I, d- I only moved to Vancouver Island in 2018. Actually. Oh,
0: okay. So you went back at that time? Jordan, I, was,
1: I was in Scotland living in Findhorn and the oh. spiritual community of Findhorn. And um, yeah, took off for this month, did the, the yoga teacher training, came back, started teaching in Findhorn. There were only a couple of us teaching yoga at the time. It was still, you know, it's kind of interesting now because yoga is so everywhere. You know, every street corner in every city, in every major city of the world has a yoga studio. It, it, it's hard to go back to those days where people were teaching in their living rooms. They were teaching, you know, just quietly, in, you know, maybe in a church hall or a gym, which still exists. But it wasn't, you know, the, it wasn't taught in the same, it wasn't known in the same way that it is today. So, yeah, I, I just quietly started teaching yoga. And, um, and then my practice evolved, I came across a beautiful methodology called Scaravelli, which um, there's an amazing, one of the best yoga books, I think, if your listeners are ever interested in reading a book about yoga, I would suggest read Awakening the Spine by Vanda Scaravelli. Now, Scaravelli trained directly, she used to have one to one sessions with Mr. Iyengar from Um, India. And Iyengar was one of the leading voices of uh, leading teachers, masters who brought yoga to the West. Um, But Scaravelli kind of took his work and just changed it, made it more internal, I think, for me. So that was that was for many, many years where my focus was. And then I then I hit the menopause years and everything just went upside down and my joints started aching and Agnes, it was so embarrassing. Cause there I was, this yoga teacher who, you know, I'm meant to be all limbal and you know, get on my mat and everything else. And and I'm just going, This hurts. I don't want to do this. This is this is aching. It's I'll get out of bed in the morning and I'm kind of hobbling around, just feeling really stiff. And it's like
0: this can't be right. Well, and, and did you talk to other yoga practitioners or yoga no, instructors? Well, I kind of I kind well, of I kinda, sure. I kinda talked to my yoga
1: teacher at the time, just saying, you know, oh, my knee's hurting or, you know, I've got a sore back at the moment. And she was lovely and I mean, really, really beautiful woman. And, and she would kind of give me different poses to, to kind of work with it or things to think about, which it just it, it it was it was kind of like that um what's that einstein quote that goes you can't solve the problem with the same thinking that created it you know you you can't approach the body in the same way that you've always been approaching the body if and expect different results you know as a sign of insanity and and so it, it i knew something had to be different but i just couldn't couldn't kind of find it and i i went through a period of of sort of despairing about this and And, and I kind of almost gave up yoga really for, for about a year or so. I mean, I got on my mat, but I didn't teach and I was just, uh, you know, this is, we're coming to the end
0: of this. I'm too old for this. You know, all those thoughts that. (laughs) Which is the last thing you want to admit to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. And, and I, I just want to, I just want to sort of track back a bit and, and, Just this is, you know, kind of vulnerable for me to say, but I I think it's kind of key because yoga had been a crucial part of my life's journey and work. And when I was 32, I had a stillbirth and yoga had brought me back into my body after the trauma of having this emergency C-section, this baby dying, this, I, I didn't, I didn't live in my body for several weeks afterwards. I was just somewhere else. I was full of grief. I just, and I couldn't imagine giving birth to more other children. It was just, and, and that disassociation with my body and my physicality and my reproductive system and the trauma of grief and loss and everything else, yoga brought me back yoga healed me so when i jumped to that story of being 50 and losing track of what yoga was it wasn't just losing track of you know and it wasn't working for me it was it was heartbreaking because yoga had been my my healer my go to place my this was my solace my my rock my steady you know, I'd get on my mat and I'd work things out, both emotionally, physically, and mentally. And, and so, you know, I just add that story in just to, to give the kind of the big picture of why it was a real crisis point in my 50s when I, when I discovered, you know, when I couldn't practice anymore, or it wasn't working for me anymore
0: and and don't for a second think that i'm making light of it but it would almost be like having your own on call live in therapist really effective therapist who you suddenly had to close the door on
1: yeah 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 no that that that's a really good analogy of it and so so i kind of slowed down i didn't teach i stopped teaching um we were also in a as a family we were going through this transition period of thinking about moving the idea of c- going to Canada was coming up. Um, my mother is Canadian, so that 's why I have Canadian citizenship, although I sound very british <laughs> so i um, and my husband had had a previous life in Canada too he'd worked in the oil industry in Calgary years ago, so he also had a connection, although he 's british we'd met in Scotland. We had this Canadian connection and we 're thinking about moving. And so we did a, we did a three month, we went to Hawaii for a holiday and we did a three month kind of recce tour through Canada of like, okay, if we were to move to Canada, where would we go? And we went from city to city, we visited relatives and friends. And I threw myself back into yoga. But as a student... And as a, just with a kind of wild abandon, really, I was like, okay, let's get back to yoga. And I don't care. I don't care if it's Iyengar, I don't care if it's Bikram, if it's hot yoga, slow yoga, restorative yoga, yin yoga, I don't care. I'm just going to go for it. And because we were traveling, I had all sorts, I just like, as soon as we arrived in the place, I'd say, where's your local yoga studio? Where can I go? And I would sign up. I didn't care where it was, just the nearest thing. And I didn't care what teacher it was. I didn't, I just wild abandoned. I became a bit of a yoga junkie. And that was really, really good period of my life because I kind of threw out every, all the, the kind of this works, this doesn't work that, you know, the rigidity that is kind of ironically can grow up in a yoga teacher because you become disciplined to one particular vein of yoga, you become disciplined to your teacher, your lineage, your practice, which is a very good thing. You know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, but there's also, there can be a, a bit of a preciousness about that and a lack of curiosity to what other modalities or, or things might be offering. Right. And unbeknownst to me, I'd kind of fallen into that, into that pattern, and so this period was like,
0: "Wow, throw it all out! Throw it all out!" Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I don't know if this is the right segue, but when reading your notes or your website or something, I came across the word. And correct me if I don't pronounce it correctly. Cayute.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was when the Cayute influence came in. Was I? Um, In my exploration period of like trying every kind of yoga they could, I even, you know, even all the YouTube yoga too, if I couldn't find a yoga studio, I just put on YouTube. It's like, whatever. And, you know, just to say to your listeners, YouTube yoga is wonderful. It's amazing. It's such a great free resource. And I really recommend working with a teacher. Find a teacher who you trust, you love, you respect, because that relationship you can't get through YouTube yoga. So, I mean, it's brilliant. It has its place. It's wonderful to get you on your mat and moving and everything. But yoga tends to become a bit of a fitness thing and you lose that relationship thing, the the relationship thing. That doesn't sound very (laughs) eloquent, but that relationship piece of it, that deep connection that you have to yourself and to, to your teacher as well, that is really important to, to grow up. But yeah, in that time, coming back to Cayute, I found uh, this teacher in Brazil, Francisco Coyote, um, through various kind of avenues and and ways, because it's not widely known at all. And, uh, and then before I knew it, I'd signed up to do a teacher training with him that was starting, this was, I discovered it in the July. And by the by August, by the next month, I'd signed up. And in September, I was over in Toronto, doing a uh, three module training over a year and a half. And so I went for 10 days, 12 days and 14 days, over 18 months, doing this really intense revisioning of my whole practice. And then Not forgetting my lineage, not forgetting the Hatha yoga roots, not forgetting the Scaravelli influence, I then put it together and created what I call now the joint
0: renewal system. So, what was different about Kayute?
1: What was different about it was the understanding of how to approach restrictions in the body. You'll often hear, and, you know, I have, to be, I have to be mindful about this because listeners are going to go back to their yoga class and go, it's all right, I heard this yoga teacher say, it's okay to be in pain when you practice yoga. It's like, oh, not quite. Yes, and in, a, in the right pose with incredible safety and knowledge of what you're doing, to go into a pose and the poses in Coyote are broken down to, we're going to like the foundations. So what happens in yoga is that people tend to, without laying the foundations in their body and discovering what their body can or can't do joint by joint, they're suddenly doing headstands or they're suddenly doing back bends or they're suddenly doing these fancy yoga poses, which are far too complex for the average Western body, especially as it ages. So Coyote, A, breaks things down to its basic components, and then B, allows you safely to approach a restriction. So say you have a hip restriction, you know, and that hip is in 10 years going to need a replacement. If you can actually access that hip joint, in the variety of different ways that it's designed to be accessed. You know, because we, we tend to sit or walk. Well, there's two positions for the hip. The hip is a ball joint There's 360 positions for the hip. You know, which ones are we missing? So the, the yoga is, is an approach. The the joint renewal yoga is an approach to try and find that variety, try and find it slowly and to, be willing to experience the discomfort that may be there in the restriction. Because unless you touch the discomfort, you're never going to be able to dissolve it. You'll always be working around and avoiding it. And eventually, you run out of compensatory patterns, and you need a stick or a cane, you need a walker. And that's why we see aging in the body. And that's the usual trajectory of aging but actually if the joints are kept mobile and moving those possible that that possibility becomes a really live strong possibility that you won't need those props as you age because you're going to keep the mobility of the joints alive I have so many questions right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're bouncing around Canada with wild abandon. Were you still experiencing certain pains and aches in some of the different classes that you were in?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, those aches and pains were, I was just kind of like, well, got to live with them. I might as well just carry on, you know, I'll do this yoga and and stuff. And I wasn't sort of sticking at any one practice enough to explore them in any which way if they were really bad you know if it was really sore back one day I I just I'd take a painkiller I'd do that kind of thing and I think because I was on holiday as it were you know a break from my normal life and everything I think and and we just had a we started the whole trip with this weeks in in hawaii that really helps you know the sea the sand the the sunshine um i think my body was just feeling a little lighter anyway so it wasn't so cute at that at that time
0: okay and was it at one of those classes that you were introduced to kaiute?
1: No, no. I found how I found the kaiute was actually I was on a spiritual retreat, and the they offered yoga in the mornings, and the teacher who was teaching the yoga gave us this really amazing mindful yoga class, and she said, "Yeah, my I, I've worked with Francisco kaiute," and I was like, "Okay." Who's he? Got to find out more and uh, and discovered more about it.
0: Mm. Okay. So somewhere along the way, you did this coyote immersion, which led you to creating your own trademark system. Is that correct?
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Okay. So we're mid-age women. Listeners are mid-age women. We have more than a few aches and pains. Some old injuries are coming back to haunt us. How does your practice help when getting down on the floor is hard enough, and getting up can be downright embarrassing?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a <laughs> had a student talk to me the other week, and I said, "Can you get up and down?" And that's always a question I ask if a new student comes in. Can you get up? How how are you with getting up and down off the off the mat? And she goes, "Well, I can, but it ain't pretty." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs>
1: And and, uh, what I like to say is that if you still can, even if it's, even if it takes you time, even if you need a chair by your side to do it, as best you can keep doing that action, keep getting up and down off the floor, keep getting up and down off your mat. If it's really difficult and really impossible, I can teach someone from a chair, I can have someone sit on a chair and do do a class from the chair, um, and I'm currently doing a, a chair yoga training with another teacher, Christine Weber, who does a, a subtle yoga practice. But I think that that in in Japan they have there's there's an is it Okinawa? There's a place in Japan where routinely they live to a hundred. Yeah. yeah, blue right. zones. In the blue zones, yeah. yeah. And uh when they studied what do they do, one of the things they found that was very indicative of continuing mobility was they sat on the floor. They continued the Japanese tradition, which unfortunately is moving out of mainstream Japanese culture, you know, more more and more Japanese families sit. tables and with tables and chairs but actually the traditional sitting down on the floor to eat sitting down on the floor to chat with friends sitting down on the floor for whatever reason so in the course of a day a person who uses doesn't use chairs would be up and down probably a 100 times a day now that in itself that's a pretty good workout that you don't even have to plan you know? So I try and encourage my students. I say, watch telly on the floor, read a book on the floor. If you go to, for a picnic, don't take those fold up chairs, take a rug, get on the floor, get on the the grass and really encourage people. Just that very action of sitting on a floor or a, or the ground is so, so, so helpful.
0: As an aside, I still teach a seniors exercise class. Now, when I say seniors, I mean seniors because I started teaching this class 30 years ago. And some of those women are still in the class. So they are in their 90s. And, and we do to actually talk about hip flexibility and that because of balance. But one thing I do demonstrate relatively regularly is if you have the fall, here's how you get back up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of those, uh, you use the chair and, you know, the the routine. Yeah. But I find more and more with myself is like, that's how I'm getting up. It's it's not pretty. Um, And I'm probably looking more and more like those 90-year-old women in my class.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, for me, Agnes, that ability, you know, the idea that we would lose that is, is as much a mental game as it is a physical game, you know, because if you mentally tell yourself, no, I don't have to lose this. I just need to practice doing it. I just don't practice getting up and down the floor enough. Then it's, then there's a positivity and there's a there's a, a, a willingness to keep trying and keep rejuvenating and keep act actively in, in, engaged with that motion. But if the, if the, if the mind says, Oh no, I'm too old. I can't do it. I won't do it. It's, you know, it's not pretty. And so therefore I won't do it. It's not pretty. Who cares? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love making people laugh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Let's be ungainly here. You know, We don't all have to be these yoga bunnies and that's you know that 's a real problem for for many people you know how many how many times I wish I had a dollar for every time someone has told me kathy i can 't do yoga i 'm not flexible, and that is such a shame that yoga and flexibility have been linked like you have to be flexible in order to to do the yoga no. The whole reason you want to do yoga is not about flexibility. Flexibility is maybe a byproduct and maybe not. It depends on your body, your genes, what you eat, all the rest of it. But I want healthy joints? Absolutely. I want to do yoga because I want healthy joints? There we go. It doesn't matter how flexible you are. It, it, all it means is that each joint can move to its optimal level. So yeah, it's a different, different approach.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned the yoga bunnies because I, over the years, I tried yoga a number of times, like in classes and you know, the the instructor would call out a pose and I'm going, I have no idea what that is, you know, so then I'm trying to look at what other people are doing and, and so I finally quit because I, I don't like being the apparent cluts and apparently the only cluts in the class. So it's just like, I, I don't know what these these words mean or what these poses are. So I just quit going. Wh- where is your practice around that? Like, is it just more about this is what we do within our body? like, or do you call
1: it? Yeah. I mean, you know, so I'll say, okay, let's come into Sukhasana and I see all these blank faces. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) okay. Sukhasana is an easy pose. It's just a simple cross leg pose. We're going to cross our right leg in front of our left. Um, and it's a nice open cross. So have your left shin, the inside shin, just have that a little further away from you and cross your right over that. And then just see if you can move your, your your feet a little bit further towards the sides of the mat. And just sitting on your bolster as you're in that position or your cushion um, if you're at home. And just breathe into your spine sit up. Maybe close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. And that would be – so, yes, I've used the word Sukhasana, but it doesn't matter – whether people have registered that word or not, because I've talked you through how to get into the pose. I've talked you through, you know, body parts. Hopefully everybody knows where their shin is and how everybody knows where their <laughs> feet are. I mean, when I when I was doing my training, one of the the big beefs I had with my uh, teacher was, I don't know those body parts you're talking about, the tibia, what? Is, which one is it? I've forgotten, you know, can you not just say <laughs> forearm or can't just say you know, your your wrist or, you know, things that we all know, head, shoulder, knees and toes, that kind of language. (laughs) And I think that that's important for us as yoga teachers. I mean, that was many years ago and I do do have a, a little bit more anatomy now, but the, you know, I think as yoga teachers, that's really our, to go back to being beginners, the beginner's mind, you know, not overwhelm our students with, with language that can be such a barrier in any profession. You know, it become, when something becomes jargon, it separates. And the whole idea of yoga is connection, you know, connection to yourself, yourself to yourself, yourself to your spirit, yourself to your breath, yourself to others, yourself to your teacher, all of that connecting. If there's anything that separates like language that, that you kind of go, ah, what? What's that mean? it's, it's, it's not going to work. You know, it's not a service.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I can identify with that because a big part of our fitness training was anatomy and, you know, muscles and joints and bones and stuff like that. And, you know, it's so easy to want to appear smart, I suppose, by using the big words. But if you're losing, leaving your class behind, then you're not accomplishing anything. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah, it doesn't help. And, and I think, you know, one of the things about, you know, health, fitness, whatever, more and more, I just came across some research recently. And there's a lot of work, for example, about breathing at the moment and breath work. And I think on the back of COVID, you know, a lot of us much more aware of our breathing patterns and um, James Nestor's book, Breath. and actually the data the research really says mindful breathing is all you need so it doesn't matter the pattern whether you're doing this box breath where you're doing the spray breath whether you're holding your breath where you're doing fast breathing slow breathing da, da, da. the fact that you're aware that you're breathing is what matters and i would imagine i haven't got any data on this but i'm just Conjecting that I imagine it's the same thing about fitness and yoga and anything that you do with your body. If you're mindful as you do it, if you're aware that I'm moving my knee, I'm moving my hand, but this is where my neck is, that mindfulness is what helps heal and restore and keep you alive and healthy. That's my theory. So,
0: you know, just, anyone every, can. Everybody knows I come with notes and I think you've just buzzed through about eight eight things because I, I was going to say that, like, I think with traditional yoga, it's as much about the mind as the body. Yeah. And then in one of your videos, you talked about feeling your breath, thinking about how you're breathing and your emotions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think mm-hmm. that's what you've just tied all that together now.
1: Yeah. 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 Because yeah, when we're panicked, the, mm-hmm. the breath changes when we're deeply relaxed, the breath changes when we're excited about something, the breath changes. And so being aware of the breath can actually help people notice because they might, you know how <laughs> you say someone, they're clearly upset or something. You go, how are you? And they go, fine. Um <laughs> If they have the awareness of the breath, they would realize that actually there was something that w- was a little uh, excited in that moment, that their breath was different and changed. And maybe they still were fine, but they were in a different state. Um, so it's not to say we can name people, uh, call them out on how they're feeling. Well, of course, we don't know how ever anyone is feeling at any particular moment. But for us ourselves to check in with ourselves, how's my breathing? And it just is a barometer of how we are.
0: Well, I know too, I, I tell my class and I think about it myself often is if there's any stress in your life, whether it's even just, you know, you've been cut off in traffic or you're worried about something, you know, if you take that deep breath in and then exhale it as far out as you can, it's really hard at the end of that breath to talk like this because <laughs> or to keep your shoulders up around your ears. It's really hard. So yeah. it's just a way of like letting
1: it out letting it go yeah again. yeah and all of that time that you're doing that deep breath in and then let it all out you're very present yeah. you're conscious you're aware you're awake you're in that moment you're not worried about the what the car just did in terms of cutting you off you've actually brought yourself back to it's now that happened just then and now now I'm okay
0: yeah In another video, you mentioned grandchildren. And I I understand that joints are an important part of enjoying your grandchildren. So is strength. Like, heaven forbid that we can't pick the baby up. Does your system address that as well? Oh, for
1: sure. For sure. The strength-building component of it is we have to apply pressure to joints. Joints actually need pressure for good health. And so we do that through gravity. So we might do a leg lift. We might hold that leg In the air, but we're extending the 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 knee. We're flexing the foot, so we're getting into the ankle. We're feeling the weight of the leg into the hip joint. We're keeping the pelvis stable, and we keep on holding that. We hold it for maybe a minute, sometimes two minutes. I'll have my students hold. Of course giving them the option. Like don't, if your leg starts shaking and you're like (laughs) struggling here, please bend your knee and place your foot back down on the ground. But my longer term students, they can absolutely hold that and for longer even. And that's strength. You know, that really builds strength. We're not deliberately saying let's build strength in this leg, but I teach at our local municipal pool I teach a yoga class there. And we had a CPD day yesterday, continuing professional development. And we all had to do a spin class. Well, I've never done a spin class. I've got, you know, one of those bicycles where you pedal like a little hamster in a wheel. And uh, so we're <laughs> doing this and everything else. And I was like, oh my God, my legs are going to be killing me tomorrow. They're going to be really, really suffering because I was just going for it. And I like to cycle anyway. I have an e-bike and I, I cycle outside. But it was it was far far more than i would normally push myself because there's a little competition going on and the other teachers in the room and anyway we got off the bikes and i was expecting the next day to be suffering and i wasn't i was like oh i have that strength in my thighs i have that strength in my legs to cope with that hour of pretty intense cycling which I hadn't ever tested, but of course it's there because I've been practicing yoga pretty much every day with this method of joint renewal for five years now. Yeah.
0: So is this where we work our way into WD-40 for the joints? Yes. I love that. (laughs) I I have a really big can of WD-40 in my workshop. (laughs) So I love that analogy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it just gives a little different kind of take on WD-40 for the joints. Everyone can make that image and go, yeah, that's what I need. And especially as you age, you know, where do we feel our age most acutely is in the joints. And as you say, people have old injuries that start to come back. I had a student once that last year who came to me and said, you know, I'm, Due for a hip replacement, and can we just do a, a one-on-one session? And I kind of looked at her alignment, and da da da, and then I got her to stand, and I got her to move her ankles, and then I just said, "Okay, what's going on in your ankles? Let's just have a look." And we looked, and we we played around with it, and we did some poses, and then I had her stand again, and I said, "What?" Did something ever happen in your ankle? And she said, oh, yeah, well, when I was younger, when I I used to play hockey for school or competitively or something, and I had a really bad accident and broke my ankle and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I haven't thought about it for years. But I could see, you know, just from years of looking at human bodies and training and especially the joints and the alignments, I could see that that ankle, that was the reason she was having a hip replacement all those years later, the referred compensatory pattern that built up in her ankle, her knee, and therefore her hip, it was her hip that was now suffering. So to try and get into the joints, you know, and, and, and work them and WD-40 them to lubricate them so they are, so those stiff ankles are really addressed so that possibly you can even avoid going for surgery. Even surgeons themselves say, if you could avoid it, it would be better. You know, a natural bone is going to be better than an artificial one. Um, Hips, you know, just getting into those joints in a way, like I said earlier, the variety of movements that is available in the joint is It lost for so many people and we want to regain that. And that's, and we need to, you know, apply the WD-40. We need to apply the variety, the pressure, the systematic working through each joint in different angles, holding the poses for long enough that you can explore what's going on inside a joint and being willing to face the discomfort rather than avoid it. And because it's, as I said earlier, it's done safely, then it's really possible to approach those restrictions carefully with kindness. We're not pushing into it, we're not forcing anything, we're not pulling, we're not doing traction. We're just kindly, kindly investigating, putting pressure, using gravity, and waiting. You know, we'll stay in a pose for you know, three minutes and just wait and see. And actually things start to dissolve through that, applying the pressure, breathing of their own accord. And the other big thing that I must say is healing in the body happens when the body is relaxed. We do not heal when our parasympathetic system is awakened. So if we're in fight or flight, which also includes running in the gym, which also includes lifting weights, which also includes aerobic classes, we're actually in adrenaline mode. We're pushing. And and so, yes, you may build muscles and you may improve your heart rate and everything else, but nothing is restoring itself in those modes. Nothing is healing in those modes. The body needs rest and it needs to be in parasympathetic mode. The nervous system has to be in rest and digest mode in order to restore and heal. So yoga is this unique opportunity where you are actually moving very slowly, very mindfully, hopefully moving your body and finding those restrictions and you're calming your nervous system at the same time. So as you find the restriction, the opportunity that the nervous system is relaxed enough that the body can do its repair, its restore, its healing in the moment as
0: well. Many years ago, I knew a woman who she'd had a, she was a dancer. She'd had a really bad back injury, which because of the injury, she ended up doing back therapies like teaching and leading back care and all that stuff. And I remember her at one point in time saying, you know, when you have pain or aches, you know, if you really think about taking that breath in, like, in, you know, be relaxed and take the breath in and just imagine that you're sending it right to that place. And holding it and then exhaling again, is that sort that's of- very
1: much along the same lines of how I teach, yeah, yeah, you got it, and that that's awareness, it's oxygenation, so on a physiological level you're you're oxygenating the joints, it's awareness and and it's calming the nervous system, so the body itself is more in its rest and digest, heal and restore mode.
0: When you mentioned about the woman who was, had the broken ankle many years ago, um, I don't know if you ever heard the song, and I think it was back in the 60s, like the hip bones connected to the oh, yeah, yeah, bone, yeah. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, it's a, it's a goofy song, but it really is true. It really is true. Yeah. 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 I've had a, a a series of incidents, accidents, whatever you want to call it, on my right knee. And people will see me walking, saying, "Oh, your knee's so much better. You're not limping at all." And I'm going, "Well, it's not about whether my knee's that much better. It's just that I know if I really start limping, then my hips are going to go, and my ankles change, and like that whole alignment changes. And it just, you know, exactly. it is like this little uh, domino yeah. system. Yes.
1: And then, and and what what we what I've learned from this is that we um we run out of options eventually. You know, like the compensation can go to here and then we can take over from here and then the shoulder can move and we can get here. But then eventually we've knocked all the dominoes over and there's and then, then there is just stiffness and rigidity left that we've run out of options. And that's when the body starts to really lock in and lots of chronic pain can occur. So we're really trying to, you know, the WD-40 for the joints is about keeping our options open, you know, that I can move my hips this way, I can move my shoulders that way, that they can still have the variety of movements for which they're designed, for which they're designed.
0: I think I learned that really, really early. And I I think I had like a shoulder issue or something. And I went to this physiotherapist who Stood behind me and found the pain and I was oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she said, like, okay, well, how about over here? Oh, yeah. Well, how about down here? Oh, and then she went over here. Oh, ah, yeah. oh, geez. Like I didn't know I had that many aches and pains. I thought the pain was in, in the one place. place. Yeah. Yeah. And so she, because she backtracked it, she worked on the origin and like all the pain went away. Yeah. So it really blew me away because you just, you think the pain is where you're feeling. A specific pain. And, uh,
1: and it's often not. Th- that's just the symptom. It's, it's not the actual cause. And the cause can be yeah quite far away from where the symptom is showing up.
0: Okay, I'm going to ask about your, your system in a second. But our audience are boomer women. What haven't I asked you? What haven't we talked about that you think they should know they should think about?
1: Well, I mean, I have touched on this a little bit, but I could just say it a bit more. Is uh, it's never too late to start, and it's your mindset as much as possible that that will prevent you from from doing it. And if you can find a practice, you know, wherever you are, find a teacher, and don't be afraid to try. You know, kind of like me in my yoga junkie phase, you know, where I was just wild <laughs> abandon. Like looking searching, because I knew I was looking for something, and I had to try lots of different things when you find the right teacher, when you find the right method for you, and it probably will be slower, more yin restorative, coyote, um, joint renewal system that I teach uh, in those ways, you'll know your body will know you'll you'll come out of the class that you've gone to and you'll go yep this is this is what I'm looking for. So, don't be afraid to keep trying different modes. And as much as possible, try and separate your yoga practice from other fitness things that you do. Like, have your yoga practice support your cycling, support your gym class, support your TRX, if you like to do that, whatever it is that you, you love to do in terms of cardio or fitness have your yoga as something separate for that because it has a very different purpose and function and try and separate that unfortunately the yoga field has become inundated with power yoga fitness yoga workout yoga and all these kind of things and i just i just i wish they wouldn't call it yoga because for me it's much more mindful spiritual calming restorative and and that's where i would like to personally keep it in in that realm and keep it in people's minds in that realm. But just have the attitude, you can do this, you know, no matter how stiff, no matter how many replacements, how many injuries, how much you feel stuck to your couch or your chair, you can do it. You really can.
0: Okay. Tell us about your joint renewal system and what is the challenge?
1: Yeah. So the joint renewal system is my yoga. I mean, basically it's getting on your mat and it's working those joints. And I ha- I use as my basis, a hundred class plans that come from the Cayute tradition and working through those, you'll get to move each joint. You won't burn out joints. You won't be going, okay, my shoulder hurts and I'm going to just work my shoulder and do exercises in my shoulder. No, we'll do shoulders one day. And then maybe not touch shoulders for a few few days and then we'll come back to them and maybe we'll do hips one day and we'll come back to them later so that the body has this time this rhythm to come back to different different angles that we use so the whole system is built on variety and uh, an accessibility that's really really doable and the challenge i have a 7 day challenge that comes up once every two or three months. So I've just done one in August. The next one will probably be in November, but you know, when people are listening to this, that probably won't make much sense. But if we have, um, if you sign up for my free joint renewal guide, you'll be automatically on my mailing list and I'll send you details of when the next challenge is coming up. And we go through that in the challenge, we go through seven days and I call them the, the seven C's. And they include, let me just reveal three. I try not to reveal all of them just to keep a little bit of uh, anticipation. But uh, one of them is commitment. Another is courage. And another is care. Because you need commitment. You need to show up on your mat. You need courage because especially as we age, we get a little fearful about our bodies and about moving them. And we need a bit of courage to actually engage and we need care. We need kindness. We need to look after ourselves as we move. So those are three of the seven. There are another four to be revealed. So, yeah, um, I'd be delighted if your listeners wanted to join me for for my next challenge whenever it comes up. And they come up every, as I say, every two or three months. They, they
0: rotate around. I don't have your website up right at the moment. Was there a 21 day challenge or something?
1: the 21 day challenge is um that's a paid thing so my 7 day challenge is free that's why i'm sharing people because i think it's really important that you you access and and find out something without having to put your money down first of all so if people wanted to do the 21 day challenge that for sure it's it's on sale at the moment for $47 it's usually 97 so
0: yeah, I think I saw that and thought, okay, <laughs> I'm going to talk to this woman and then go sign up for this challenge. Cause it sounds up right up my alley. Ah, oh, dear. So the challenges and stuff, does that just get us so enthused and just just good enough that we want a full membership?
1: I think so. I mean, that's the idea is, you know, and obviously horses for courses, you know, you've got to find what works for you. You've got to love what you do. I mean, obviously I love, I'm absolutely passionate about this methodology and how I teach it. And it's not going to be for everyone. I think it should be for everyone, but that's me just going, everyone needs this yoga. You know, it's like, nah, not really. But come try it. You know, come and be surprised. Come with an open mind. Come try it and, and see what you think.
0: That's great. Where do we find you on the world wide web?
1: On the www, we go to Kathy White Yoga, all one word and white is like the color. So Kathy White Yoga and Kathy was, is with a K. So KathyWhiteYoga.com.
0: And you're on social. I saw some.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kathy White Yoga on Facebook, Twitter. Am I on Twitter? I can't remember. I have a a young girl who does my social for me. So that's (laughs) that's very helpful. (laughs) I don't even know where I am, but I'm out there somewhere.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'll find your links. Yeah, sorry. I'm reading my notes here. I put, I downloaded your free guide. And I think I also need to join your challenge. Retrieve my knees before they're completely done.
1: Oh, That's yeah. Great. Well, I'd have, love to have you join, Agnes. It'd be a delight. Yeah.
0: Okay. I always put links in the show notes, so I will look them up. Listeners, if you have comments on today's show, please talk to us. If you're listening at 2 scroll to the bottom of the page and leave comments there. We can be found at Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, most places a person would listen to podcasts. Feel free to leave comments there, and please leave stars and reviews. They help us grow. Before you go, hit the subscribe or follow button, and you'll be notified about future interviews with more of my great guests. And share this episode with everyone. (laughs) I don't think I know a single person over 50 who doesn't have some sort of age-induced limitation. And if you share with the younger folk in your life, then maybe they'll bypass the age-related limitations. Is that possible?
1: Who knows? I mean, I think there's experiments going on right now with the, with the younger crowd of teachers that I'm involved with. Yeah, I mean, okay, they're just yeah. And, you know, you know what? Life happens. People have car accidents. People fall over. People have skiing accidents and injuries occur, you know, so it's not possible to completely avoid life, but it is possible to approach it and know what to do when those things happen.
0: Okay. So I will stick with my original comment. Share this episode with everyone. Everyone. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> If you want to be a guest on podcasts or know someone who would be a great guest, there's an application form at the website. Kathy White, thank you so much for being my guest on Two Boomer Women today and inspiring us that joint help can be ours again. Oh, thank
1: you so much for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here and talk with you today.
0: Thank you. Have a great rest of week. Thank you, and you too.